So we're continuing on. So we see then that God is spirit from the invisible realm. That's a different realm, but it's just as real or more real. Everything was made in the natural universe by his word, by him, by the Son, through the Son. See? So that's believable. It's far easier to believe there's a God that always has been than to believe that there was a beginning that never was out of nothing. It shows you the intellectual people willingly ignorant. They come up with all of these theories of how all the atoms and everything form within a thousandth of a second, but they don't want to say anything about God. Like it just appeared and all the laws appeared and nobody instructed them. Uh, that's sort of foolishness when you think about it. Personal common sense says that, that ain't going to happen. You're not going to go look at the yard with the dirt and all of a sudden it's going to spout an encyclopedia immensely that you can read. You're not going to have that happen, okay? So we accept, we should accept, all things in the natural and the spiritual, but we're dealing with the natural world now. We're made from the spiritual. So if there is a big bang, it came from the spirit realm. It came from God. It didn't come from nothingness. Foolish. Now verse 21. For even though they knew God, it means when mankind was in right relation and when he was beginning his walk, he hadn't progressed to so much evil like he did at Noah's time. They knew that it was the God Almighty. They sensed that. I know it's hard for people to understand, but if we go by a time of six or 7,000 years for mankind, did you know Enoch? His son was Methuselah, and Methuselah lived to be 969 years old, and the year he died is when the flood came. Now, his father was Enoch, and he was caught up and never died after 365 years. But during that 1,600, 1,800 years, it's interesting. The records show, if you calculate the times right, that Enoch, for the first hundred or so years of his life, Adam was alive. It didn't have gone to, so you can see why God judged that world. It went like uh, uh, hundreds of years with no witness. Adam lived, and so you could say it was just three known generations still. He was still telling people about what happened in the garden and about God, even at Enoch's time. And his father was in full communication he lived to be 770-some years old, father or grandfather of Noah. So they were without excuse. People seem to think, oh, they, years went by, and then they, no. Like I say, just three generations had still, Adam had told the story. He lived 900-some, 30 years, okay? So we see this, though once knowing God, having certain knowledge about nature and what they see and its order, they knew it was made and sustained by the invisible being, the supreme being. They knew him as God Almighty, okay? He still called that under Moses. In Isaiah, we spoke of recently that Jesus will be named Counselor, Everlasting Father, the Almighty. That's the terms used of Jesus. He's God in the flesh. That's what Emmanuel means, God in the flesh. See? 
And so we have to understand how it was made. And then they begin to sear themselves because they began to give themselves over to sin. And what they did, which was so bad, instead of glorifying and honoring God, they were unthankful and catered to the corrupt flesh and started to feed it. They shut God out. They shut their conscience out. And then they honored the things that God made over God. That's what we call an idol. They shut the truth out and believed lies to do as they please. See, they wanted the pleasures of sin. They fed them. And so we see the, that's where these idols come from, catering to the lust of the flesh and evil. That's how they started off. And so the Lord looked and saw this. They'd rather do that than acknowledge God. So they did it willingly. And so God hardened them, blinded them. That means he looked at their foolish hearts and thoughts, and he gave them over to their lust. He allowed the demons to take them further into vileness and perverse drawings. He removed his spirit. He didn't give them the truth. See, that's the consequence of sin. See, God did it to them. People just can't believe that. Well, when the Antichrist comes, remember, it says, because they do not love the knowledge of the truth, God gives them up to a delusion, and they will believe a lie and be damned. All the people that take the mark of the beast under the Antichrist cannot be redeemed. See, he says, those who take it, they'll be tormented in the lake of fire forever and ever. Who turned them over? It was God. So that's the consequence of constantly fighting against the Almighty. That's the wrath of God. See, people think, oh, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. He's going to do all and worse. The wrath of the Lamb's going to, he's going to speak the word and all the world's going to drop dead before him when he comes to judge. And then the angels of God are going to cast them into the lake of fire. See, yes, he's going to do this. The wrath of the Lamb. He is the eternal God, one with the Father and the Spirit. So they did these things willingly, hardened themselves, blinded, and so God responded to them and let them do this. Yet even during these times, he still redeemed some, and some were capable of responding and the truth that they had. And so they weren't all fixed in this. But these wicked people, like we say during the time of Noah too, it was a culmination, they fed the flesh instead of resisting it. The demons encouraged and helped them in their paths of sin. They go from depth to depth. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. See, they made up their own knowledge, their own theories, their own philosophies. And God let the demons deceive them and believe it, you see? And they began to believe the lie. And then they couldn't see the truth, see, the hardness. Had, and so that's why even now that wicked people that are depraved and hardened to any degree, God can give the gospel and he removes the veil temporarily so they can see that they're sinners and they need a savior and if they respond, the majority do not, then he leads them into a way of life. 
If they reject it and don't submit to it, he puts the veil back down. And they sort of don't understand anymore. So Jesus said when he sows the seeds and some of the ground does what? Because they don't respond properly, says the devil takes the word from them. See, he deceives them again. That's the consequences of sin. Even brilliant people, see, that process works with them. Intellect won't help you when it comes to spiritual matters unless you submit to the Lord. God has chosen what he calls the foolish things, what the world considers nothing. He reveals the secrets to, and he blinds the wise and intellectual and hides the truth from them. That's a consequence of sin. As we've said, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, that you've hid these things. What? These spiritual things. You hid it from the wise and the prudent of this world, and you revealed it to the simple. Well, that's why the Pharisees couldn't understand. That's why the scribes and the Sadducees couldn't understand. And instead of acknowledging the truth, they kept feeding their sins. And then they became evil and murderous against Christ. And even Jesus said to them, he said, you will die in your sins because you don't believe who I am. And then later he says, you cannot believe because of your sins. So that's the process. People understand the process. You can be a genius and know nothing about God and be a notorious sinner as far as he's concerned. You may help the world with all your humanitarianism and all your knowledge means nothing to God. See, it's not spiritual. It's only natural, okay, of this world. So they shut him out. When they once believed the truth, they believed lies. They made up their own gods. They made up the idols, and they knew that there were demons behind the idols. Often they didn't know this, but that's what we're going to find out. Paul says that every idol, people who worship idols, he said they pray to demons. Well, so what does that mean? Anything that is not the Lord Jesus Christ is a demon behind it. All the religions of the world, Hinduism, Muslim, all of those uh it don't matter what kind they are, there's a demon behind it. Helping it along to just keep people from the truth, okay? So this is what happens. They become more vile and professing. They exchange the truth and believe the lie. They cease being wise when they dishonor God and became fools, deceived, believing their own lies. And now this is the story of Cain and Abel, reveals that man, even born flawed, still can control and not give in to certain sins. So we see Cain was in that position, okay? Genesis chapter 4, 4 through 7, Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock and the blood, oh, is the fat and the offering, and God had respect for his offering, but he did not respect Cain's offering. Some people say, well, because it wasn't blood. That's true. See, that was the reason he didn't obey him. He could have got one of Abel's. He was his brother. He could have, but he decided God will accept what he does. See, he was making his own rules. And either his heart was wicked or he didn't want to do it God's way. So God had no respect for his offering. 
And Cain became very angry. Well, he was angry at God, but more so at his brother. He became jealous and angry. And it says his countenance fell. So the Lord, now get this. So the Lord was speaking to them then. Even when they were put out of the garden, he spoke to Cain. And he told Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? See, he's given him opportunity. He knows why. If you do well, will you not be? If you do well. What was God saying? Wake up. He was saying they could do well. He expected them to do well. And so when I expect a certain sacrifice, you don't offer me what you want. You do what I say if you're going to worship me. But see, Cain decided he wanted to do things his way. That's how people are today. They profess to be Christians, yet they serve God the way they want to. Well, they're going to be surprised in the end. He said, if you do not do well, then sin lies at your door. In the original, he implies like a crouching animal. So we see the devil involved here, as he was with Eve. He was waiting and tempting. Uh, what was he tempting Cain to do? Murder. See? And he, Cain didn't have to do it. And he said, and if you do not well, sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. God expected him to rule over it. He didn't expect perfection. He didn't expect certain things. But he said, you don't have to be a murderer. You don't have to be envious and hateful. You have a choice in the matter. So he told him this. And so he went out of his way to tell Cain. He didn't really have to speak to him about it, but he did. So God talked to him and explained things to him. Okay? Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. Actually, he murdered him. Murder is the unlawful killing of a human being. Killing is to be by government, is the lawful destroying of an evil person, which God expects, okay? Regardless of what the phony, religious, non-capital punished people say, they don't know scripture very well. Okay, so he killed him. Okay, and we see where all of this led. Okay, the word sin lying at his door speaks of a creature. Well, it was a creature, it was, it was the devil, and he tempted Cain to murder out of his anger. See, his anger was not controlled, so it goes further to hate and it goes into murder. That's the steps of the sin. What does God say? Rule over it. Overcome and subdue it. Refuse that. See, it's just temptation. Nothing wrong with temptation if you don't feed it, okay? So even then, in his imperfect, imperfect nature, God expected him, and he was able not to yield to these gross sins. He did not have to. He was not totally praved of the false teachers teach you. And we see only the devil is fixed in depravity and demons. They do what they do by nature. They're fixed in their evil, and God is not going to do anything good for them. Okay? But Cain fed the rejection and began to hate his righteous brother. He was jealous of him because God accepted him. See? We can see where the sin was. 
The worst of sins, besides murdering somebody, if you don't count hires, is jealousy and then envy to control, and it leads to murder if it's not controlled. The first human murder, jealousy, is wanting what another person has. So it's covetousness. It's wanting to keep up with the Joneses. But envy's worse than jealousy. It not only says, I want what he has, I don't want him having anything good. So it's spite and dislike of another person's fortunes. As we've been there before, what does James have to say about it? James 3, he makes it very plain. James 3.14, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast against the truth. Some translations say jealousy and self-ambition, and you're not to be arrogant about this. Don't lie about it. Deny that you have this. This wisdom does not come from above. It doesn't come from God. It's earthly. It means it's from the fleshly nature, or it's demonic. He calls it demonic. For where envy or jealousy and self-ambition exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. So we saw this with Cain. It eventually led to murder. We see this as we go now to John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 8 is what the Pharisees had against Jesus and why they plotted to kill him. It's the same principle was behind it. John 8, 40, Jesus said, But you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. And Abraham did not do this. He didn't have the knowledge or the revelations to that extent. 44, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and did not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, he's telling us these principles here. Your father is the devil. He told the Pharisees, the scribes, and all of the religious leaders as a whole and the whole system that uh, they were under the devil's control. That's why they hated him. And he said that your father was a murderer from the beginning. He means the beginning of humanity. It was the devil, the crouching animal like that God told him that crouches at your door. He was tempting him to kill Abel. So he is accountable for murder just like Cain was. If you hire a hitman, you're just as guilty. And we've heard for centuries, all the Jews of the time of Jesus and the Jews today that have not accepted the Lord, they always will tell you and defend themselves. They'll say, we didn't kill Jesus. Pilate did and Rome did. We didn't kill him. Well, you lying hypocrites. You told Pilate if he didn't kill Jesus, they were going to report you to Caesar. And he'd already been in trouble. So they instigated him. So the Jews were guilty, as guilty as Rome was, and actually Pilate tried to free Jesus. But because of the threat and the blackmailing and so forth, he did what they wanted. So they were responsible. They were murderers. And all through generations, that's why they were held accountable 
even by the false Catholic Church persecuted them for this. They didn't really believe in many Jewish converts. If they converted to Christianity, which was Catholicism, most of it, at times they persecuted them anyway. They thought, which in most cases was true, they outwardly conformed, but they were really Jewish in their heart. So the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning. He kept tempting Cain, not only with covetousness and envy and jealousy, he got angry. So this anger finally slipped and he murdered his brother. So we see that he's responsible. He was the first human murderer, but Jesus said it was the devil, that he's the culprit also. He's called a murderer. The devil's not going to be able to say like those false Jews and hypocrites and stuff, oh, we didn't do it. We got someone else to do it. Well, you're more guilty. You're at least equally guilty, but you're held responsible for this, okay? And so he was a liar also. The Bible says he's the father of lies. The word father comes from a word that means originator. As James says, God is the father of all spirits, good, bad, evil. It means they originated from him. What they became and turned to angels, to demons, was their fault. But he was the originator. And so Satan was the originator of lies. And we see this, and we don't know how it worked with uh, one-third of the angels that he convinced come with him, either he lied real good or did something. But we know with humanity, with Adam and Eve, with his temptation, he told them, you shall not die. That was the biggest lie. And they ate, and they died spiritually. Adam didn't die till 930 years later, roughly, which I find amazing because up until the, just to throw it in there, only two people passed each other's lives until Noah's flood. Methuselah lived 240 some years while Adam was alive and he died the year of the flood. So these people were witness and testimony. Noah was the 10th generation through that line. But it shows you they were still living. So it wasn't like they didn't know anything, hadn't heard anything. They didn't want to know. So they died spiritually. The first thing that happened was they were afraid, fearful. That's the consequences of facing God when you're in sin. He says the wrath of God abides on them. He asked them, who told you? See, their conscience told them. And they were shameful. The shame to face God because the sin had made them that way. There was no innocence left. And so they tried to cover themselves. And see, nobody told them this but their conscience. And they tried to hide from God. The sinner tries to hide from God. At the day of judgment, masses will beg for the mountains and caves to fall on them and hide them from the wrath of the Lamb. They instinctively know, almost like an animal, what's going to happen once sin has taken them. They won't be able to deceive themselves anymore. Everything will be brought to the light. So they did die. And then they got a fallen nature, a corrupt nature, a drawing to sin. All of that was instant. And God drove them out of the garden because the tree of life sustained them physically. And he said, unless they eat of it and live forever, 
the consequences was what? They were to die physically. So God put a cherub, a higher angel, to guard it with the sword. They wanted to go back. And we assume it may have stayed there until, some people believe it stayed there until the flood. But we are aware that God talked with Cain even after he murdered. So he was still communicating, but they did not have the intimacy when they were in a state of holiness. Okay, verse 23, and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So they became foolish and they decided not to honor the supreme being, the creator, and glorify him, but they decided to honor and glorify what he had made. They decided to exchange things, and they gave themselves over to demonic influence and deception. That's how we have all of these sins. It's a poison. They set up these animals and idols, and there was a response from God. People fail to see that. When people sin, it's a poison. We see what the poison does with many people. We'll see that in a second more clearly, but it poisons their mind and their spirit, and more so the intellectual and the wise. It says it doesn't save many of them. And Paul says, look at your Christian calling. There are not many wise. There are not many rich or noble. See, God's chosen the everyday people as a whole. They can come but it's very costly for them, okay? See, because they let their great sin and pride get in the way, and God doesn't make a special way for them. Actually, they have a greater hindrance, like the rich young ruler. He was a morally upright person. He was a good person and did a lot of things, but he couldn't let go of his money and the power of his money, and therefore he could not follow the Lord. So what happened because of this because they exchanged the person that they were going to worship. Therefore, God, in verse 24, gave them over to the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. They started all the, what we know now today is all of the sexual immorality and perversions. What happened? They began to worship the animals and so forth as a symbol, and God gave them over to the acts of corrupt animals, their nature, and the devil helped them along. The demonic activity encouraged them, in a sense, get them to try this, get them to try that. And once they got into these things and they found the pleasure of them, they went deeper and deeper, and the sin, hereditary sin, could pass on to their children. They could be influenced as children without experiencing. That's the curse. That's what the fallen nature. That's what it means when it says, God, he will visit the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. The greater possibility, if you're in sin, that your children are going to follow the same sins and stuff. They don't come to the Lord, and then they have to fight those things. So what does it mean God gave them over? They rejected him and did not glorify him, he turned them over to the power of the devil and to their own corruption that was beginning in their nature. So they didn't start off overnight with all of these sins. It took a while, and after 1,600 years, 
God decided to drown all of them. That's how corrupt they became. Said from their youth up, there was wickedness and God regretted that he made man. And that's why he destroyed them at this time. So God gave them over to perverse desires and the devils encouraged this, the demons. He gives them over to a lion spirit. That's the master demons. And they lie like they lied to Eve. And they get them, the man to experience certain temptations. The reason idolatry was so susceptible to the Jews and why so many times they were destroyed by God, idolatry, most idolatry involves sexual impurity. They had prostitutes, male and female. They had orgies, and that excited the corrupt nature and the flesh of man. That's why they went to those things, because God did not permit that. And that's why they enjoyed idolatry and mixed with idolatry and tried to have it and God too, and they found out it didn't work. So we see that sin does something to them. Not only does God harden their spirit, and it means he deceives it too, they cannot perceive the truth. They stop believing the lie is the truth. Okay, sin is a poison. Alcohol, we call it alcoholism as a disease, but it starts off you being a drunk. It starts off a sinner. HIV and all the promiscuous sins, they start off. They can be transferred to an innocent partner. They can be transferred to your children. But the original sin is because of promiscuousness and perversion. See, that's the consequences of sin. So what we see is when they started to sin, their body, soul, and their spirit is poisoned. And all of a sudden, normal desire is perverted. Like the Lord said in Proverbs, the wicked, he hates it. When they call good evil and evil good, see, something changes. Sin has an effect on the mind and the spirit. The Bible says Satan, he blinds them to the truth. He hardens them. So we're seeing the consequences when people do not turn to the spirit of truth. There's only one option. And I don't care how smart you are, you will be deceived and you'll be led into the lake of fire one day. That's the consequences. And that's what the devil tries to keep people from talking about. And that's why ministers don't talk about it. But that's the end of most of humanity. The majority of humanity is going to the lake of fire. And many of them are going to be deceived and they're going to see the truth at the judgment. And that's why people don't want to bring it out, but it has to be brought out. Seven times in the Gospels, six times in Matthew, Jesus said, weeping and gnashing of teeth. He talks about hell and fire. He mentions no words. And he said it's everlasting punishment. It's eternal punishment. He talks about it's the wrath of God forever. And see, in hell, the thing they'll notice is they get what they deserve. And it's a hopeless state. And they're being tormented forever. It's not going to stop. So that's the consequences of people who want to go in and play with sin and be deceived by sin. The word is weeping and wailing. It means a loud crying out a gnashing of teeth, anguish and anger, and it's going to be for eternity. So we can see that's God's response to those who want to sin against him. And that's the majority 
of the people that's ever lived, millions upon millions, if not billions, will find themselves in that state, okay? So now we see that there's still hope. Even when man sinned, Noah was righteous in his generation. He was the only one that was righteous at his time. We don't know what standing Methuselah was. He died that year or the year before. His name meant the year or the time of the deluge. He was named by his father Enoch, who was a righteous prophet. So he must have foresaw this. Noah's father died five years before. So they may have been semi-righteous or maybe not as righteous as Noah, but God waited till a certain time. And then it said it was only Noah. And his family got in because they obeyed their father and lived somewhat righteously. But they weren't saved because of themselves. Later on, and the prophet says, if Noah and Job and Daniel were living, they would only save themselves by their righteousness and their children would not be saved. So that tells you something there, okay? So now the fallen angels, they are totally depraved. Man is not. Man is capable, as long as he has not blasphemed the Holy Spirit, hardened himself to the degree that God decides not to deal with him. So true desires, we see he gave them up. They exchanged the truth. And we see that God gave them up to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So we see this in the sexual perversion. The normal desire that God made for sexual satisfaction was in marriage, okay? Hebrews says it's honorable, it's holy. But after the fall and the fallen nature, they were tempted for other things, and they could have resisted it. Like Cain, God said, don't do it. He wouldn't have told him not to do it if he couldn't do it. So the gross sins, they could have resisted, but they chose not to. And so once they began to enter these sins, the truth between husband and wife, they sought pleasures with unlawful and unnatural desires. And that's where all of the adultery and fornication and homosexuality and bestiality and all the sexual perversions, that's how they came into being. People were tempted by demons and the old nature was susceptible, but he still could have said no, but they chose not to. The influence of the devil and not yielding to God and walking with God, that was the consequences. They willfully yielded to them. They were not ignorant. They were not inexcusable. That's why God made the lake of fire. And they're going to see this. That's going to be the hopelessness and anguish of, of the lake of fire is they get what they deserve and there's no way out. That's going to be the terrible part. So we see they yield. Look at James real quickly. James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. This word means for evil. It's not talking about being tested by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But everyone is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. His own desires, the corrupt human nature, Things they invent said, things started coming into play, and the devil encouraged it. And once they yielded to it, become a part of their nature. It's the poison again. They couldn't be freed from it. 
and it could be transferred often. Like I say, from generation to generation, they're more susceptible. They're more inclined to certain sins. Certain nations and people are inclined to certain sins, and that's the consequences of what sin does to people and to their families. And he said what? He said when he's drawn away of his own desires, he has an inclination toward this evil, and he doesn't resist it, and then the devil encourages it. So when desire has conceived, it means you're going to satisfy desire, it gives birth to sin. It becomes sin. It's not the temptation, it's the yielding. And when it is full grown, it brings forth death. See, eternal death it's talking about. Separation from God. And ultimately, because people are going to die anyway, they're born, and that's part of the curse and part of the consequences. But the sinning life will lead to the second death, which is, the Bible says, is the lake of fire. So he's warning them, this is the consequences of what sin leads to. Verse 25, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. We just talked about that. They worshiped and served uh, what was made, the creature, rather than the creator, who is blessed forevermore. Okay. They switch from honoring God to honoring the things that God had made, the animals and so forth. They worship something that does not even have its own will, that acts by instincts. But it's the demons behind this that makes it idolatry. They decided to worship and honor these things, and it was the spirit behind the idols that were made like animals that they were in communion with. See, people that worship idols, they themselves, they know it's not just the wood and the stone. They know there's a power behind it. They're not that stupid. But they're stupid enough to yield, and the demon takes control of them, okay? It's a demon spirit behind it. See, God gives them over to it. They don't want to listen to him. He lets them be deceived. He turns demons over to them. People forget this. That's God's way of judging. When the Antichrist comes, he's going to send a lying spirits through the whole world that's going to deceive them, and they're going to be looted and believe a lie and be damned. And the Bible says God sends it. See, it's the consequences of them not wanting the truth or loving the truth. There's always the sowing and the reaping in the spiritual realm. Okay? So they worshiped what he made, and this became the lies. They weren't the creator. They weren't God. The demon influence and the spirits were there encouraging sinful men to honor and worship them instead of God. Idolatry is one of the worst sins because it insults the spirit of truth and the creator himself. That's why he acts so against it. People who pray to and through idols and you can call them saints and objects, which they are not. We know that they are objects, yet it's the power of these demons. Now, the people who worship demon idols, they call them gods. The Romans did. They believe they're particular gods. They don't believe in a supreme god. They believe in their demons in disguise. And if you study the demons and these gods, they're vicious and they're angry and people have to honor them because they're afraid of them 
And there's all kinds of consequences because they're demons. They're not good, benevolent gods, okay? And that's the problem, what deception does to them. So they know that, and they know there's a power behind it. And eventually, because they sin, they believe the power is a god. See, that's the final deception. They worship the demons instead of God. Okay, an apostle later says in 1 Corinthians 10.20, Gentiles, heathen, the sinner, when they sacrifice to their idols, they are sacrificing to devils. Paul says this, and not God. They honor idols and forms, but it's a demon behind it. And verse 21 of the same uh, says, you cannot eat at the Lord's table and the devil's table. So when you're praying and people pray to saints and Mary and so forth, they're worshiping demons. Those saints are not listening to the prayers. They're in heaven. They're glorified. Their trial is over. They're not susceptible to suffering and tears. They're not no intercessor. God is, that's a bunch of bull that came up from the Catholic Church. So they had to institute this. In the 1800s, they made the Virgin Mary the Immaculate Conception. I mean, she don't have no sin. Well, they should have crucified Mary. They wouldn't have had to crucify Jesus. See, she died and rose into heaven. All this is a bunch of baloney. Queen of the Apostles, this is demonic teaching. So you can pray all you want to Mary and the saints, and they're not listening. And you might get a response from a demon that imitates them. See, that's what happens in seances and drawing up the dead and so forth. It's a spirit behind it. So we only have one mediator. It says the man, Jesus Christ, and his spirit. See, we say we don't have two mediators. Jesus is in heaven and his spirit. That spirit's called the spirit of the Lord. So we see this, that we have to pray to him. There is no other way. Let's go ahead and close now. Lord, give us wisdom, understanding. Help us to see the consequences, the road, and the way that sin leads and how it poisons, especially in this darker generation that we live in, when there'll be few that are really Christians. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.